Hey, it's Coolio, if you don't know, and it is time for another episode of Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM in uh, rather gray downtown Halifax. It is a bit of a rainy day, and it's going to probably be rainy for a lot of the weekend, but we shall get to that in about half an hour's time. For now, let us look at what is new over at lowbiasgaming.net. Um, not a whole lot, but... Um, there's still some stuff. Um, we we kind of need to get on some more projects, myself included. Um, it's sometimes hard to find the time, but Jason always finds a little bit of time to provide us with some entertainment, including Ninja for the Atari 800. I think it's the first Atari 800 game that has shown up on the website, so that's pretty cool. And also two new episodes of Vagrant Story available for your delectation. Um, I keep saying that word. I blame Stuart Ashen. Um, Dr. Stuart Ashen. We also have the um, 365 days of the Super Nintendo with the latest episode being some Bubsy game. I don't know. Um, that's how much I care. And also um, at least one new soundtrack available, Simon the Sorcerer. I also know that there's SimCity and there's like three different uh, SimCity soundtracks for three different uh, sound cards. They all sound a little bit different, but I don't know. I don't know if they sound different enough to warrant all being there, but they're all there. So you can listen to it the way you remember it. So there you go. Uh, so yeah, that is um, what is going on over there for now. Um, let us go check out what is over here for now on Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. This is your home for video games, chip tunes, and all things weird and geeky.
You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. That song was by Ryoji Yoshitomi, and it is called Surface of SR388, which should give you a hint about today's game from the archives. Space hunter Samus Aran returns to battle, a planet crawling with evil creatures bent on universal domination in this bigger-than-ever sequel to the NES classic Metroid. Take control, guide Samus through cavernous corridors, ancient ruins, and alien traps. On the mysterious planet of the Metroid, you'll find artifacts of a lost civilization that grants amazing powers. Cut through creatures in a buzzsaw blur, roll through hidden tunnels and climb sheer walls. A battery backup allows you to save your progress as you fight to the heart of the planet and search for the merciless Metroid leaders. If you're a cunning explorer, you'll earn the best of several super endings. Enter this exciting Metroid sequel and experience the thrills of Game Boy like never before. Uh, That was a sales pitch if I ever heard one. Wow. Uh, That was uh, Metroid 2 Return of Samus. It's an action-adventure game for the Game Boy, developed and published by Nintendo and released in 1991, and has some really good music to it. I would dare say that the song for... um, The song that we just heard from the archives is probably one of my favorite Metroid songs, to be quite honest. Um, so yeah, if you are interested in this game, we have Jason with six episodes for your enjoyment. Check it out. It's on lowbiasgaming.net.
And that was Radio Links with a cover of Bad Apple, uh, played on the BBC Master. We've got some more BBC music on the way, but first, you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. You're home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And of course, it is time for the news of the weird. Uh, as always, uh, I am looking for something other than news of the weird in that same format, the digest format that uh, we have come to get used to here. So if you are looking for something uh, if you are aware rather of something else please let me know on twitter at square sim s-y-m also i do not read these stories ahead of time some of these stories might not jive well with all audiences but they have been scanned for any particularly objectionable content uh this segment is about 13 15 minutes long so take that as you will our lead story for today people different from us researchers at saint mary's hospital in london had been stumped how 10 British men had contracted a rare virus called human T-cell leukemia virus type 1. The men weren't intravenous drug users and hadn't had transfusions, none of them displayed any symptoms, but doctors had identified the virus through blood work. Dr. Divya Dasmana, co-author of a study published March 13th by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, was eventually tipped off to the source of the infections when she saw scars on one of the men's back. The men participate in bloodshedding religious rituals, such as cutting or whipping themselves. The rituals the men reported uh, include striking the forehead with a knife, then passing the knife to other men, or striking the back with a chain of blades. Wow. Dr. Desmana told the Associated Press that one of the one infected men told her the blades were soaked in a bucket of antiseptic solution between uses, but that didn't prevent the virus's spread. Our message is not don't do it, said Dr. Dasmana. Our message is if you do it, don't share equipment. I'm not going to knock other people's religious or spiritual practices, but I kind of have to agree with Dr. Dasmana on this one. Uh, Our next story, lucky... A 43-year-old man in Nimbin, Australia, had has the proliferation of modern technology to thank for his life. Reuters reported that on March 13th, the unnamed man arrived home only to find a 39-year-old man, quote, who was known to him, waiting outside with a bow and arrow. Actually, I saw this story in another um, in another outlet here. As Man A raised his mobile phone to take a picture of Man B, Man B, quote, engaged the bow and was ready to fire, according to a police report. Man B, quote, fired the arrow at at the resident, excuse me, which pierced through the man's mobile phone, causing the phone to hit Man A in the chin. It left a small laceration that didn't require medical treatment. Man B was arrested at the scene, police reported. I mean, there, there's something to be said about people owing their lives to technology. It usually doesn't go down that way. That's um, quite the interesting turn of events. 
Um, our next story, The Litigious Society. Joanne Cullen, 64, of North Belmore, Long Island, uh, wants to make administrators of St. Charles Resurrection Cemetery in Farmingdale pay for the horrors she experienced in December 2016 as she visit, visited her parents' graves as they were being resurrected. No, that's probably not the case. Shut up, Coolio. I think we've covered that in the previous news of the weird. We don't need to do that again. On that day, Cullen was reaching down to straighten a bow on a reef when the ground opened up beneath her and a sinkhole, quote, caused her to fall forward and smash her head on the tombstone, end quote, cracking a tooth, her, uh, her attorney Joseph Perini told the New York Post. As Cullen sank, she grabbed the sides of the tombstone and yelled for help, but no one heard her. Cullen filed suit in March in Queen's Supreme Court, asking for $5 million to overcome the nightmares and headaches she experiences, along with the fear of walking in open fields. I will never go back there again, Cullen said. Getting sucked into your parents' grave, it's terrifying and traumatizing, Perini added. $5 million? I mean, I can understand seeking a little bit of reparation for that, but... It doesn't matter if you have $500 or $5 billion, I'm afraid it won't fix your nightmares. So, I guess, yeah. Our next story, Criminal Ingenuity. Outside the North Fo uh, Fork Correctional Unit in Sayre, Oklahoma, Carrie Jo Hickman was arrested on March 10th for delivering contraband to prison inmates, reported the Associated Press. Hickman's clever delivery method was a t-shirt gun used by sports team mascots to shoot promotional shirts at fans. Hickman, however, launched methamphetamines, cell phones, earbuds, phone chargers, digital scales, marijuana, and tobacco to some lucky con on the other side, but police discovered the gun and another package in her car, and she was booked on charges of introducing contraband into a penal institution, conspiracy, and drug trafficking in Beckham County. I, f I feel like just the the idea of a charge for conspiracy conspiracy to what it's always conspiracy to something but at the same time conspiracy is just you know actively thinking about doing something so I don't know oh the drama oh the drama that's our next story uh, dog walker Michelle Billsland has become accustomed to strangers' alarm when her charge, Begbie, throws himself to the ground as they start out on their constitutional. Begbie, who lives with Roz Niblock and Matt Kennedy in Muthill, Perthshire, Scotland, stages his protest when Billsland leads him on what he knows is the shorter route around the block rather than his usual hour-long jaunt through the fields. On March 15th, two worksmen stopped to see if Billsland needed help. Quote, I told him he I told them he was fine and just having a tantrum and sulking, he she told she told Metro News. Begbie, a four-year-old old English bulldog, continued his charade for at least a minute before getting up and getting on with his walk. Begbie just has a very strong personality, Bilson noted. Dog wants to be walked. Likes the outside time. I mean, I definitely would appreciate more outside time myself, but I'm not going to start throwing tantrums if I'm not outside for long enough, because 
I like my inside time too, honestly. But that's just me. Strong personality of a dog. Our next story, Florida. Our next story, right now. Let's get to the story about Florida, please. Arby's manager, Leteria Aikens, 21, was arrested in Royal Palm Beach, Florida for aggravated assault, battery, and criminal mischief on March 16th after an altercation with Ernst Point du Jour, an employee. Fox 35 reported that trouble started after Aikens asked Point du Jour if he could work late that evening, according to police. When he refused, the two began arguing, and witnesses reported that as Point du Jour got very close to Aikens, she pepper sprayed him. Point du Jour ran out of the building with Aikens in hot pursuit, wielding a long kitchen knife. Police said Aikens did not stab du Jour, but uh, did scratch his car with the knife. Well, um... Th that's quite the story. Um, I, I, I don't know that, um... It doesn't actually... Oh, Arby's. I don't know that I would want to work at Arby's after that, or, well, really any, um, any fast food restaurant, or any restaurant. I've worked in a restaurant one time, I don't want to repeat that. I, I salute the people who work in restaurants tirelessly, and sometimes very tiredly, and, you know, have to deal with things almost as bad as this. Hopefully not something like this. Our next story, bright idea. Topeka, Kansas police took the joy out of Joyride on March 16th for Nicholas Hodgden, 40, who climbed in a forklift outside of a Dillon's grocery store that evening and set off down the road. The forklift, valued at $1,500, had been left outside the store with the keys in the, in the ignition, the Topeka, the Topeka Capital Journal reported. A spokesperson for the police department said bystanders saw what happened and called police, who apprehended Hodgson as he drove along, holding an open can of beer. He also had a six-pack in the back. Hodgson was booked into the Shawnee County Jail on one count of felony theft and misdemeanor counts of driving under the influence and transporting an open alcoholic beverage container. They tried to kill me with the forklift. Okay, maybe maybe nobody tried to kill anyone with a forklift, but I just really wanted to make a Mystery Science Theater reference for no real reason. Our, our next story, Government in Action. Ah, the winds of politics blow thickly. Uh, Mayor Jaziel F. Correa... Correa? C-O-R-E-I-A. Correa. Let's go with that. The second, 27, watched his fortunes both fall and rise all on one ballot when residents of Fall River, Massachusetts voted to recall him. Correa was charged last year with 13 counts of wire fraud and filing false tax returns, which he has denied, and on March 12, 7,829 citizens voted to kick him out of office, the New York Times reported. But of the five people vying for the mayor's job on the same ballot, Correa won a plurality, about 35% of the vote. Looks like he can't uh, unpack his banker's boxes and hang his pictures back up at least until September when a mayoral primary will give other candidates another chance. So they wanted him out of office, but they voted him back in? 
How bad were the other candidates? Um... One would have to do some research, but anyway, I suppose we'll go with that. <laughs> Good luck until September. Insult to injury, ladies and gentlemen, and people of all gender identities. Uh, the last thing Ohio defense attorney Aaron Brockler remembers after hearing the judge pronounce a 47-year sentence for his client, David Chilson, 42, was a swoosh sound. That was the sound of Chilson's first uh, fist speeding through the air toward Brockler's face. On February 19th, Chilson had pleaded guilty in Cuyahoga County to domestic abuse, aggravated arson, felonious assault, and a cruelty to a companion animal. And Common Pleas Court Judge Nancy Margaret Russo handed down his sentence as he stood handcuffed next to his lawyer. But before Brockler could tell him that he would try to get the sentence reduced, Chilson, uh, Chilson had knocked him to the floor. All I remember is waking up on the floor underneath the table, Brockler told WKYC-TV. Brockler suffered a concussion and a broken nose, nose and Chilson faces additional charges. Well, it was going to be 47 years and now it's probably going to be more despite trying to be told that it was going to be less insult to injury indeed and uh, what else uh, what else is um, a thing is that I've had it up to here um, which can probably be said about our previous story but can be said about the next one as well which is our last story of the day it seems Cynthia Grund 58 is not one to back down from a challenge particularly after her 37 year old son had been drinking all day at her home in Salem Township Minnesota so when he lay down on the driveway and asked, why don't you just run me over? She was happy to oblige, reported KIMT-TV. He didn't believe I would. He has been drinking all day. We gave him a chance, Grunt told deputies who responded to her, to her husband's 911 call on March 18th. Grunt said she, uh, she had arranged for her son to stay with a friend and was prepared to give him a ride when he stretched out on the ground. He suffered significant injuries to his head and pelvis, and Grund is accused of second-degree assault and may face an attempted murder charge. Neighbor Samuel Hefner was shocked by the incident. They were always friendly. I would never describe, him, uh, descri describe them as off or malicious in any sort of way. Sometimes it just takes that one moment where you stop thinking. Alright, well that is it for the news of the weird, and on to the weather where we have two weather warnings that affect, well, one weather warning and a special weather statement. Uh, starting with the rainfall warning in effect for Halifax Metro and Halifax County West, rain heavy at times is expected. A low pressure system over the eastern seaboard of the United States is expected to track northeastward to lie over southern Maine this evening, then across New Brunswick on Saturday. Rain and strong southeasterly winds uh, associated with the system will taper to showers or drizzle this evening over mainland Nova Scotia and near midnight over Cape Breton. Total rainfall amounts of 25 to 35 millimeters are expected from this event. If visibility is reduced while driving, turn on your lights and maintain a safe following distance. Localized flooding in low-lying areas is possible. 
We also have a special weather statement in effect. Higher than normal water levels are expected along the Atlantic coast during high tide tonight and again to a lesser extent Saturday morning. As for the weather itself, it is currently uh, plus 4 degrees Celsius here in Halifax with no wind chill uh, reported. Uh, currently some light rain going on and um, periods of drizzle or rain should resume throughout the night with a low of plus one degree. Saturday, March 23rd, a few rain showers or perhaps flurries with a high of plus four uh, persisting throughout the night with a low of minus one. Sunday, March 24th, sunny, mm, excuse me, sunny skies and a high of plus seven going down to a low of minus one in cloudy periods at night. Monday, March 25th, 6% uh, chance of flurries or rain showers and a high of plus 6 going down to a low of minus 6 with a 6% chance of flurries. And then sunnier, clear skies for the rest of the week. Uh, Tuesday, March 26th, a high of plus 1 and a low of minus 9. Wednesday, March 27th, a high of plus 1 and a low of minus 5. And Thursday, March 28th, a high of plus 5 degrees. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. Let's get some more music going, shall we? That was Bryface with Boulevard from his Weekly Beats 2014 series. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And I found a thing. Yes, I found a thing, and I will share that thing with you in a segment that I like to call I Found a Thing. 
And this thing is kind of an interesting thing. I'm not going to read all of it because it's a bit long and I have another feature that I want to feature. But um, it's a story about this uh, 17-year-old girl in 1971 who um, basically had to uh, survive a plane crash and then survive for 11 days in the wilderness without glasses when she very much needed glasses. Julianne Kepke, I think that's how it's pronounced, was flying over the Peruvian rainforest with her mother when her plane was hit by lightning. She survived a two-mile fall and found herself alone in the jungle just 17. More than 40 years later, she recalls what happened. It was Christmas Eve 1971 and everyone was eager to get home. We were angry because the plane was seven hours late. Suddenly we entered in a very dark, a very heavy dark cloud. My mother was anxious, but I was okay. I like flying. Ten minutes later it was obvious that something was very wrong. There was very heavy turbulence and the plane was jumping up and down. Parcels and luggage were falling from the locker. There were gifts, flowers, and Christmas cakes flying around the cabin. When we saw lightning around the plane, I was scared. My mother and I held hands, but we were unable to speak. Other passengers began to cry and weep and scream. After about 10 minutes, I saw a very bright light on the outer engine of the left. Uh, on the left, my mother said very calm, calmly, "That is the end. It's all over." Those were the last words I ever heard from her. Hmm. The plane jumped down and went into a nosedive. It was pitch black, and the people were screaming. Then the deep roaring of the engines filled my head completely. Suddenly, the noise had stopped, and I was outside the plane. I was in a free fall, strapped to my seat bench, and hanging head over heels. The whispering of the wind was the only noise I could hear. I felt completely alone. I could see the canopy, the canopy of the jungle spinning toward me. Then I lost consciousness and remembered nothing of the impact. Later I, lear I learned the plane had broken into pieces about two miles above the ground. I woke the next day and looked up at, into the canopy. The first, thing, the first thought I had was, I survived an air crash. I shouted out for my mother, but I only heard the sounds of the jungle. I was completely alone. I had broken my collarbone and had some deep cuts uh, on my legs, but injuries weren't serious. I later realized that I had ruptured a ligament in my knee, but I could walk. Before the crash, I had spent a year and a half with my parents on their research station only 30 miles away. I learned about, a lot about life in the rainforest, and that wasn't too dangerous. It's not the green hell that the world always thinks. Um, and you can read the entire story here on... Um, the BBC website but um, it basically comes out to the fact that she spent for she spent about 11 days in the jungle by herself she needs glasses but she didn't have her glasses and, and yet it's like she says apparently the um, apparently the rainforest is not really all that dangerous as long as you know what you're doing, you can survive just fine. Um, so it's really kind of an interesting story that I wanted to point out. Um, I would like to go through this entire thing, but like I said, I do have another thing to feature today. So uh, we will leave it at that. And um, as usual, you can check the, um, the podcast version of this show. Uh, there are podcast chapters, um, which are a feature that maybe not a lot of you know about but there are podcast chapters and there will be a link to this article within those chapters you're listening to square wave symphony on ckdu 88.1 fm halifax
That was Mission 76496 uh, from Hideaway Studio, and that was played on a BBC Micro. I never knew that the BBC had such, uh, the BBC Micro and Master had such a rockin' sound chip. Anyway, you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And it is time for Rapid Review Rampage. For anyone who is uh, new to the show, this is basically... I will have one minute to talk about a, uh, a given game. I have a list here, and I will be uh, offered a selection of two games from that list. I have one minute to talk about one of those games, and then I have to move on to the next game. The subject today, Let's Play the World, which is uh, my old um, Let's Play channel. Um, this is not only spanning Let's Play of the World, but all this, also the stuff that I've done directly for Low Bias Gaming. And th these are all games that I have Let's Played over the last almost 10 years on and off that I've been doing this. Do I plan to do something for my 10 year anniversary? Probably not, honestly. <laughs> but um, kind of an interesting thing about that I've been doing it for so long anyway. Let us get my first two selections in order here. Uh, there might be some duplicates from other Rapid Review Rampages. I apologize if there are, but I don't make a list of what I've covered. Anyway, ready, go. First game is the very first game that I ever let's played, Toomba. Uh, this is a platformer game by Whoopi Camp. It has a really rockin' uh, uh, beginning song, uh, title song, uh, title song, no, title song, <laughs> excuse me, and um, has a pretty varied uh, way of playing it. It's mostly non-linear, although it does railroad you a little bit, but um, overall it's a pretty fun game to play. It's like two and a half dimensions. You have uh, tasks that you need to do, kind of side quests all over the place, and you're trying to catch the seven evil coma pigs and put them in bags for some reason because I guess the bags seal their power or possibly their flavor? I don't know. Anyway, I, my two let's plays of this game were probably not very good but the game itself is pretty alright. Uh, our next games... What even is that? I have Cow on my list, and I have definitely never played a game called Cow. But uh, let's go with Lyle and Cube Sector. This is a game. Uh, I remember at one point I had done a stream, um, just all indie freeware games. I think it was possibly my first stream that I ever did, and that was back in the Ustream days. That was a long time ago. But um, Lyle and Cube Sector. That was that was kind of interest an interesting game. Very um, vector graphic style type of thing. Uh, I don't remember very much about it, but um, I do remember it being a fun little romp. It was a free game. It was an indie game. It was definitely worth the uh, the time that I spent playing it. So, yeah, that's what I gotta say about that. Um, there we go. Oh, it gave me a and Cube Sector again. So let's go with the other game, Myland's Secret Castle. And this is a game that I've technically played twice, but it's a game that I have um, uh, 
played the NES version and I have played the Game Boy version and I gotta say the Game Boy version is a lot more playable than the uh, NES version. Um, I don't know exactly what it is. I don't know if the, the, like the game is slightly slower or you get a little bit more um, flash time, you know, invincibility on hit. But um, it's it's a lot more enjoyable than the uh, Nintendo game, and the Nintendo game is not a terrible game either. It's just it's kind of unforgiving, is the thing, and it's hard to get through the entire thing even if you have a continue code but still um yeah that's Milan's secret castle for you both of the versions i've played our next game uh let's, yeah let's go eternal eclipse tie in uh this is a megazix game uh which is a kind of a thing that a kind of a niche that uh i decided to um edge into not a whole lot of people playing uh, let's playing megazix games but um, Eternal Eclipse Tyrion is kind of weird. You're basically reliving the same five days over and over, and you're trying to get uh, specific items and specific events to happen in order to try to break out of that five-day loop. And um, it's been a while since I've let's played it, so I don't remember a whole lot about it. But I I do remember it being a very interesting game with a really interesting concept that was really hard to actually get done and um here is a bit of a secret i kind of cheated at the end to get through so that happened but still there is cow again i don't even know what cow is supposed to be cow majow Setsu. anyway super mario rpg um <laughs> super mario rpg is a game that i definitely had as a kid um, it is a game that I have played through a few times and uh, I was very happy to play through again for Low Bias Gaming, uh, Low Bias Monthly. I believe the subject was uh, games by Square that are not Final Fantasy and I went with Super Mario RPG. Um, kind of an interesting take, you have the timing system which you don't really have in a whole lot of RPGs. You have it in a couple of them but um back in the day like just the way that it that it was being done was kind of interesting um it's not super long but it definitely has enough content to keep you going for a while and there are a couple of secrets to get uh, if you're trying to 100 it it's um definitely worth playing uh robot wants uh, robot wants is a series of flash games um Starting with Robot Wants Kitty, then Robot Wants Puppy, then Robot Wants Fishy, then Robot is not satisfied with anything living, so wants ice cream, I guess. Um, pretty much, the, these are kind of mini Metroidvanias, I guess you could say. Kind of self-contained. Uh, they all happen within one map. Uh, it's a very large map, but... Um, little kind of jaunts it's not something that will keep you occupied for a very long time but um it was, it was a neat little thing excuse me kind of a retro vibe to it and um i quite enjoyed it i would have to say there we go panoply of calatea oh the things i have to say about panoply of calatea 
Um, this is uh, a game that was for uh, Zelda Classic, which is a uh, an engine to make custom Zelda games, and it's basically a mix of Zelda One and Two, with a splash of all sorts of music from the from the NES and Game Boy from all series, just memorable games in general, and um, it's very ambitious. I would have to say it's not something that one should take particularly lightly but it is a love letter to classic gaming especially the original zelda games i had a hell of a time playing this game and was very happy to see that um, the author of this game uh, commented on uh, the videos and uh, liked my let's play so that was really cool stop that <laughs> uh legend of the mystical ninja um, this is a game that um, I didn't so much have it as a kid, but I did um, I did have it on rental a few times. It is a, actually a fairly hard game. Um, my let's play was with uh, Antigon, which I should I should do something with Antigon Antigon at some point again. But um, unfortunately, it never got completed just for the fact that it's. Not a particularly easy game, um, but uh, it's it's quirky. It's it's not something that it's kind of something that started off as a serious attempt at something. But even by the second NES game, it stopped taking itself seriously. Now I have huge robots and all sorts of things, and it's it's an experience anyway. It's worth a try at the very least. Wario Land Three. Wario Land 3 is for the Game Boy Color. Yes, Game Boy Color, and it's a really weird game. Basically, you're going into a stage, and you get an item from the stage, and it unlocks other stages, or it might unlock more treasures in the same stages. You have 100 treasures, but you only have 25 stages, so you have 4 treasures per stage. Uh, you also have uh, musical note coins that unlock something completely not worth it. Uh, in my, uh, at the best of my recollection anyway. So, um, but there is a lot to be had here. Once you finish the game 100%, there is also a time trial mode that you can get. So, um, they were really pushing to have a lot of content in this game and, um, I think it's a little grindy at one point, but um, it's still worth playing at least to get all 100 treasures. The Underside. The Underside is kind of an unfortunate story, actually, because it started off, it was this interesting little platformer that was being made, and it definitely had its personality to it, but it never got finished. And that's kind of sad, and it's really hard to get it actually playing nowadays in you know more recent computers because of the way the direct direct x involved uh, evolved so um it's really something that i would like to you know possibly see done someday unfortunately i don't think it'll ever happen but if it does i will definitely let's play that because i've been waiting for that to get done for like how long now like eight years so, it's, it's delightful, but it's short, hard to get running these days, and probably will never get finished. So, what are you going to do? Uh, Gradius. 
let's go with Gradius. Um, Gradius is a shooter game, obviously. Uh, the first of a long line of uh, Gradius and Gradius-related games where you control Vic Viper. Um, fighting against the Bacterians, I want to say. Um, led by a large brain that literally does nothing. Um, it's an interesting shooter. It's gritty hard. And I don't know that I've ever gotten to the end of it without cheating. To be perfectly honest, I did overtly cheat during the Let's Play because I thought it was a great idea to play Gradius and it turned out to not be that good of an idea. But um, there it is and there you go, I suppose. Gradius and I think that Jason might have played through the entire thing on Low Bias Gaming. So there's the thing. Our last one for today is Kirby's Epic Yarn. And at the time, it was definitely my most ambitious Let's Play because um, I was using uh, video editing software, I was using video capture, I was it was the first let's play of uh, what I had deemed season three and um, I wanted to make it stand out and it was a brand new uh, Kirby game that I was itching to play and um, it's, a, it's a very different Kirby game because you can't ever actually die but that doesn't necessarily make it easy because if you fall into a pit, you lose you lose beads and you need a certain amount of beads in order to get gold in every level. So if you're trying to 100% this, it is not an easy task. But um, I had fun with it. It was an interesting experience to um, you know go through and um, would do it again. Anyway, that is all the time that we have. So um, you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And that was Looking Glass Waltz by Advantage CPU, and that will round off our show for today. Hope that you enjoyed the show, and I will of course be back next week with some more stuff for all y'all. 
and um, hope that you enjoy that material as well because I like uh, doing this show for you. I like making this show and um, I would love to hear from you and you can do that on Twitter and the details will be following in just a few seconds as I read the end credits for you all. Square Wave Symphony is based on the format of the Electric Leftovers podcast by Jason Parton of Low Bias Gaming, lowbiasgaming.net. News of the Weird is written by the editors at Andrews McMeal Syndication, newsoftheweird.com. Segment music composed by Format, Manama Numiki, Noriki Kimikura, Simon Whittington, Pink Projects, and Ensnare, and I'm sorry, but I don't remember who does Central Park. I don't have it written down, and that's my fault. Uh, so stay tuned for the astrology show coming up next on CKDU, followed by the Witching Hour, Sun and Sea at 7 p.m. And at 8 p.m. we have a special presentation of a comedy show live from the Greywood here at the Dalhousie University sub. So check that out. Comments, questions, want your chiptunes featured on the show? Email me at squaresim at lowbiasgaming.net or get in touch on Twitter at squaresim. You can also call the CKDU feedback line at 902-494-8041. There's also a podcast version of this show. It's available on lowbiasgaming.net slash squaresim or just search for Square Wave Symphony. Square Wave is one word. On Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or TuneIn Radio, or pretty much almost any podcast app of your choice. This has been Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. I'm Coolio if you don't know, and I'll see you guys next time.